Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Good morning, church. Happy Father's Day to each one. Let's have a word of prayer, please. Father in heaven, Lord, indeed, we do thank you this morning. As we remember our fathers, our earthly fathers, but, O Lord, Today also remember our Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord, for what you have done. That you send your Son, your only beloved Son, to die for our sins. And to lift him up from the grave to give us salvation. Thank you, Father, for redeeming us. And Lord, as we look into your word this morning, I pray, Heavenly Father, and ask that you will enlighten us. Open our eyes, O Lord, that we may see from your word the comfort that we do have and the confidence that we do have as we put our trust and faith in you and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My attempt this morning is to scratch the surface on the subject of choosing God in the midst of adversities. Unpleasant circumstances do come. They are unavoidable. You don't look for them, but they do come. And the child of God has to be sensitive to feelings that can betray the truth of God's word. To put feelings of betrayal in perspective, Isaiah 48 reads, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. A child of God can move forward in life standing on the promises of God. The psalmist in Isaiah 42, 11 reads, As he goes through adversity, talking to himself, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. You ever find yourself talking to yourself? It's encouraging, eh? Come on, you can do it. Come on, don't think that way. Trust in God. Though the psalmist is having a rough time, he has the confidence that God will see him through and he will be able to praise God when it's all said and done. Over the years, many believers identify with the psalmist in their time of downcast through various kinds of struggles. 
Unlike the psalmist, believers have to choose not to go down that slippery road. Believers have to act responsible and choose to put their hope and trust in God and experience the divine change that brings calm hearts in the midst of situation. Brothers and sisters, believers, prayer is a must. Prayer is a must. Philippians 4, 6, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. The weight of David's trouble in Psalm 56 was enough to break him down emotionally, mentally. He admitted he was afraid, despite the fact that he was a warrior of great skill and courage. He took on, David took on lions, he took on bears, he took on the nine feet plus Goliath, that giant. Now fleeing from his throne, David, seized by the Philistine, the servants of, the king, of King Achish of God recognized him as a great warrior who was known to kill tens of thousands. Being aware that they knew, David became afraid for his life. And he puts on this drama of being insane, having saliva dripping down his cheek and all these kind of things, just to get a pass. And he did get a pass. King Akshi said, get this man out of here. He's crazy. He's insane. Fear make one things and react in such a way that would not happen under normal circumstances. However, like David, in times of adversity, we must choose to trust God. David David's fear of his enemies fleeing his throne and ended up in Philistine. He uses many pronouns in his time when he was afraid. He says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? As David realizes that his problem is beyond his control, his fear starts to subside as he casts his problem onto the Lord. He neither feeds his fear nor stares at his problems, but he looks to his Redeemer who will deliver him. The Psalms repeatedly teach believers to trust God regardless of their circumstances. Whatever you are facing, whatever you are facing at the present of the, or, or the uncertainties you might have in the future, you have to trust God in His providence. You have to trust God's providence. In Psalm 16, 8, the psalmist made a choice. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. 
with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. To keep your eyes or to set the Lord always before you is to recognize God's presence and his constant help. This is something the believer has to choose to do. Now, Scripture teaches that God is always with the believer. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. There is no question of God's presence with His children. But we must recognize His presence. We must set him always before us in faith as we journey life on earth. We must believe God's promises of constant protection and care. Psalm 37, 4 reads, and looking at it in the physical realm, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Reverential fear. Revere. Respect, honor, and he delivers them, the psalmist says. Now in regards to emotional and mental strength and stability, Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Children of God, help is always available for those who revere God. To arrive at a place of accepting adversities in life, it is not an easy concept. It's, it is an act of will on the believer's part to accept and allow God to work with you through them. Now, being sensitive not to minimize pain or emotional feelings and mental drain adversities do bring, believers can accept adversities in their lives by acknowledging, first of all, we live in a fallen, broken world. At the same time, with the overwhelming goodness of God's love, His infinite wisdom, in his providence, that's how we hook things up, how he works things out in our lives. And his sovereignty, that is power over creation, believers can refuse to turn aside no matter what they may face. No matter how we may feel. Because you see, church, feelings can betray the truth. A person can be a prisoner with their own negative feelings. The truth is, it is not easy to trust God at times in adversities. But it's something the believer has to choose to do. Learning to trust God is a matter of the believer's will and not dependent upon their feelings. When you set your mind to trust God, feelings will follow. 
Now, having been exposed to the knowledge of God, believing its truth, that God is sovereign, God is wise, and God is loving, that's part of his character to love, which he himself revealed to us through the word of God, will enable the child of God to overcome negative feelings about God in their time of adversity. Now, too many people pack their bags and walk away from the faith they once professed in times of adversity. The believer must choose. The believer must trust God even when feelings tell you otherwise in those bad circumstances. The same David, the same David, who said in Psalm 56, 4, in God I trust, I will not be afraid, said in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me, he delivered me from all my fears. Now, church, there is no conflict between saying, I will not be afraid, and asking God to deliver you from your fears. David recognized it was his responsibility to choose to trust God, but also knows that he was dependent upon the Lord with confidence to enable him to say, I will not be afraid. Trusting and obeying God does not mean we do not experience pain. We live in a fallen, broken world. But holding on to what Scripture teaches regarding God's sovereignty, God's infinite wisdom, and God's love, His goodness, knowing that from Scripture that He's working through all things, the good and the bad, we may have to say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you in all I'm facing in my life. For a healthy spiritual life, it is profitable to tuck away scripture like Romans 8, 28 to 29 for corrective discipline and also pruning. It's good for us to remember those verses and tuck them away when we're going through situations. Now, God is trustworthy. That's why we can trust Him. Why a child of God should choose with the willingness to believe God's Word as they go through those difficult circumstances? Because God is trustworthy in His sovereignty. God is trustworthy in His infinite wisdom. And in his love. And the believer must be firmly grounded in those areas in their journey of faith on earth. Now, in regards to his sovereignty, Psalm 33, 10, 11 says, The Lord falls the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stands forever, the purpose of his heart throughout all generations. God has sovereignty over his whole universe. 
What about his infinite wisdom? Look at Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom of knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his path beyond tracing out. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belongs to the Lord. We're not going to know everything. We're not going to understand everything. Only that which God revealed to us. What about his love? You know the favorite verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And when that choice is made, the secured status of the believer, of that child of God, is, is, is promised here in Romans 8, 35, 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or the sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The whole idea of trusting God is, of course, based upon the fact that God is absolutely trustworthy. And he confirmed that at Calvary. At Calvary Cross and the empty tomb. Followed with the assurance in Hebrews 13.5 states, I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. God will never leave his children to the mercy of their circumstances. I'll say it again. God will never leave his children to the mercy of their circumstances. We, we may sometimes lose the sense of God's presence and help as we go through suffering. But in the spiritual oversight, we never lose God's presence. Job was experiencing that in his suffering as he grieved, as he gets frustrated, as he's been bewildered. Job, in his distress, could not find God. He said, In Job 23.8.10. But if I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Job... In his overwhelming struggle, he's saying, God, where are you? Look what I'm going through. We tend to ask the same question, don't we? When we are hard hit at times in life. With sufferings and our limitations, when things are beyond our control. We ask the same questions. But then Job said, God knows the way I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Job had immense faith to say such words in his God, even when he didn't know what was going on behind the scene between God and Satan. You see, church, we can have a good knowledge of Scripture 
and yet struggle in our pains. Job struggled to trust God in his sufferings, but later, going through all what he went through, he repented. In Job 42.6, he says, Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Job wavered like us between trust and doubt when he didn't sense God's spirit. He couldn't find God anywhere. To Job, God has withdrawn from him the comforting sense of his presence. But Job believed, though he couldn't see him, God was watching over him and would bring him through his trial as purified gold. He will comfort us gold in its purified state. You see, church, believers, God was making this good man better through his suffering. And he wants to do the same in making you and I better in the spiritual sense of the likeness of Christ. Remember Romans 8, 28? In all things, God works for the good for those who love him. You and I might have the same experience as Job on a far lighter scale. Hopefully, never the same kind of intensity of suffering. But in the seemingly inability to find God anywhere, we might, have, we might go through them. God will seem to hide himself from you. As in Isaiah experience in Isaiah 45, 15. Truly you are a God who has been hiding himself. The God and Savior of Israel. At times, God seems to be silent when we go through our adversities. We see the same thing 2,000 years ago. When God was silent to Israel. For 400 years then he sent John the Baptist to make the way for our Savior, Jesus Christ. We learn from Job and Isaiah not to be totally surprised and dismayed, not to be disheartened, not to be disappointed in times of distress. When you can't seem to find or to feel God, God is not lost we are the ones lost with our negative, suppressive feelings. In those times, we must cling to the promise on God's word. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He may seem to hide himself from our sense of his presence, but he never allows our adversities to hide us from him. In Isaiah 43, 2, he may allow us to pass through the deep waters and fire, but He will be with us in them. Nothing can touch you that He does not allow. The great furnace, heat, could not harm Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Neither the lion could not destroy Daniel. And because God will never leave nor forsake, we are invited 
with scriptures such as 1 Peter 5.7. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares. Now, church, we know it is not easy to throw off your burden. But it's a matter of choice in dependence on the Holy Spirit and prayer. Lord, I choose to cast off this anxiety on you, not to take it back upon myself. It's like deep sea fishing. Cast and leave it there until you get a bite. Isaiah 50, Psalm 50, 15. And call on me on the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. After soteriology comes doxology. God will be glorified. Now, going through and talking about choosing God, there are some pitfalls when it comes to choosing God. The first pitfall I like to note is failing to acknowledge God when we, talked about, when we talk about choosing God. Ecclesiastes 7.14 When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. We must know who is in charge. God makes the good times as well as the bad times. In adversity, we tend to doubt God's fatherly care, our Abba Father. But in prosperity, we tend to forget God's care by not being conscious of them. During times of prosperity and favorable circumstances, we show our trust in God by acknowledging Him as the provider of all those blessings. In Psalm 16, 6, the boundary lines have fallen from me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. If we are to trust God, we must acknowledge our dependence upon Him at all times. In the good times, as well in the bad times, when we face them. We can take prosperity for granted and fail to acknowledge God. We are just as dependent upon God when our cupboards and our refrigerators are filled for tomorrow's meals and finances to cover our expenses. Those are things we have to acknowledge. God as a good provider. Another pitfall is that we turn to God only in the greater crises of our life. While seeking to work through the minor difficulties ourselves. See, the mark of a Christian maturity is to continually trust the Lord in the minutiae, those small little details of our daily life. If we learn to trust God in the minor adversities, we will be better prepared to trust Him in the major ones. So to avoid pitfalls, 
Believers have to let their trust be reared in humble nursery of our own daily experience. With its occurring, reoccurring little ones, little trials, little sorrows. And then, when need be, those little patterns we have established will be able to handle the greater things required in life. Every little thing. Sometimes we go to God for the big things only. Every day, even the little things, we have to trust God. You might not be conscious of it, but it's more difficult to trust God in the minor things of life than the major things. The major ones, we quickly turn to God in dependence, but the minor adversities, we try to work through ourselves. Isn't that true? Even with our talents and our abilities, we have to go to the Lord. We all have to learn to seek, to trust God in the ordinary circumstances. Those little, little details every day as well. Whether the difficulty is major or whether they are minor. In closing, I'd like to leave you with three points there. We must choose to trust God in times of adversities. We must acknowledge God when things are good. He reminded the Israelites about that when they were leaving Egypt to the promised land. You dare not forget, don't forget me. When you start to build and multiply and be blessed, don't forget me. Because you're going to think it's your own talent and your ability have accomplished this. Moses said to them, don't, re don't uh, forget God. Remember him. Third, God is trustworthy regardless of our feelings in our circumstances. Because feelings, when you're going through your problems, can betray the truth of God's word. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for the truth that's in your word. And Father, help us as feeble people, your children, sometimes we fall into trouble. We have adversities, crises in life. Help us to choose to trust you, Lord. Father, we do thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And you don't leave us alone in our circumstances. You're always there. Never mind, we may not feel your presence. We know that you are there. For you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Father, that you sent your Son. You invested a lot by sending your Son to die on the cross for us. And for lifting him up on the third day to give us hope and inheritance. And to intercede for us. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day.